Welcome to the Mom's Day Bunker with Carrie Henson. In the bunker, you will find joy, grief, laughter, and remembrance. It is a safe place for moms to gather during the storms of motherhood, to share stories and to encourage each other as we navigate doomsday moments that change the trajectory of our path as women. Our stories contain difficult subjects that may be triggering for some listeners. These are real stories from real moms that are surviving, have survived, and are thriving after the unthinkable happened. Please take care of your mama heart as we cozy up together, take shelter from the world, and begin. Okay, I recently had a speaking engagement. Now, I love speaking engagements because, as I've said before, I'm a bit of a performer. Now, the microphone is fine. I've I worked in radio for a while, so I'm kind of used to the microphone, but nothing beats being in front of a group of people, like two people, 200 people, 2,000 people. I've performed in front of 3,000 people before. I love the energy in the room. I love reading the room. I love hearing them laugh. Like, I love it. I love it. And I was blessed to go speak with a group of um, ladies, a, a mom's group. It was probably like maybe 17 people there. And they were gracious. They were doughy-eyed. They had no idea what my talk was going to be about. And, <laughs> and we were laughing so hard, we were crying. And then they were crying so hard, they were crying, um, because there were some sad things to be said, but it was just a beautiful experience, this prep talk that I gave these moms about preparing for Mom's Day moments. And we did an activity where I went through the preps, and, and I had them choose a prep on a card randomly, and they had to talk with their friend about what they can do in 2024 to strengthen that part of their preparedness in motherhood. And I got some feedback from them, and they said the the number the hardest prep, the hardest prep, was the healing prep. How do we heal? How do we heal from past hurts? How do we heal from past trauma? How do we heal from some things that we're not even aware of? We're not even aware of some of these boo-boos that are in our brain that are holding us back in motherhood, that are holding us back in our relationships and in womanhood. And so how do we heal that, right? How do we heal that? Um, And I didn't really have a great answer for them. And I don't really have a great answer for you because the healing prep is the hardest prep. You have to have the self-will and the self-preservation to just keep going, to just keep trying, to just keep healing. And some days you don't want to do that. Some days you just want to stay in bed. Some days you just want to scroll on your phone or flip on Netflix or just take a brain break from life because it's just gotten too hard. You know, if you're in the middle of a mom's day moment right now, if your child is sick if you've lost your teenager, if you've been through some tragedy, you're, you're tired. You're tired. You're, the amygdala and the hippocampus and the prefrontal vortex of your brain, like they're tired, like physically, it is physically affecting you. Trauma physically affects you. Okay, this isn't like an emotional disability where, oh, just think happy thoughts. 
you, you, you can't just think happy thoughts. You have physiologically been fractured in your brain and we have to fix it. We have to heal it. You wouldn't walk around with a broken arm. You wouldn't walk around with an open cut to let bacteria in so it get infected, right? But how do we heal these things? And, and, I, and I, love, I love listening to other podcasters. I love listening to like John Deloney and Gabar Mate. And, you know, I love listening to Russell Brand. He's really insightful. And, and, I, and a lot of the times or the clips that they put like on Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts or whatever, they always talk about things like post-traumatic growth or trauma healing or yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't really tell you how to do it. And I'm one of those people that love lists. Are you a list maker? I'm a list maker. I'm a give me the steps. I'm a workhorse. Like tell me what to do and I will do it. And sometimes with healing, even if we have the how-to book, we have to find the strength within ourselves to pursue it. You have to pursue it. So healing, healing is one of those difficult things that we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to give you some how-tos, but how you approach it is up to you. And you know what? This may just be planting a seed. So I don't want you to think, I can't do all of that. And I, I'm not asking you to do all of it for sure. And there's more than just what I'm about to say out there in the world. This is just what I've come across that has worked for me. And y'all, trauma is like my middle name. I feel like I've experienced these huge traumas since I was a child, I was, I had a childhood trauma that was very significant at the age of five. And it really fractured my soul and it fractured my brain. And I've been walking through life, sometimes being the OG carry, sometimes being the original carry, the before trauma carry. And then I'm walking through life sometimes being the trauma fueled carry, where that trauma was fueling me and pushing me down a path that I really didn't need to go down, but it felt so comfortable. It felt right. It felt like, yes, that's what I need. That, that will make me happy. That, that feels familiar. But the OG carry would have never chosen that path. So how do we get out of that cycle? How do we break free from the trauma prison? I have finally, after 36 years, broken free from the trauma prison of my childhood trauma. Now, I am not trauma-free. I am still working through the adult traumas, the Mom's Day moment traumas, and, and healing is a continuous journey. There is no green light, red light with trauma. There is no green light, red light with healing. You are constantly healing because we live in a broken world and we're constantly faced with conflict. So here's what I know. 
PTSD and the more we study PTSD, we're, we're learning what those signs are, right? And, and the loss and the grief, the intense sorrow that you feel when you go through a mom's day moment is, is very big, so big for me that I just disassociated. Like I just stepped out of my body. I stepped out of my spirit and I just did the business of life. You get up, you brush your hair, you brush your teeth, you make breakfast, you get everyone to school, you sit and you stare at a wall, you stare at the TV, maybe do laundry, don't care if laundry's done, maybe clean the dishes, don't care if the dishes are done. And you go to the next doctor's appointment and you go to the next doctor's appointment and then you get the kids from school and then you give them a snack and you hug them and you do the best you can, but then you just sit there and you stare at the wall or you stare at the TV or you stare at your phone. That's what I did because I was so disassociated from the moment because the moment was just too big. It was too big and it was too hard and I had to survive. I had to survive for my child. I had to survive for all the children. Many years after my first Mom's Day moment, I wish I had known it then, but I didn't. Okay, so I learned this term about a year ago, and it's called post-traumatic growth. (sighs) Post-traumatic growth. So to grow from a traumatic event, to grow after the traumatic event happens, post-traumatic growth. Okay, great. That sounds great. How do I do that? Is it like CrossFit? I really suck at CrossFit. Is it like running? Because I can't, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. I love, <laughs> I love the things that came out. I don't know when they came out many years ago, but they're like, they're like, unless, unless I'm running to Brad Pitt or from zombies, I'm not running. <laughs> and then there's those silly little videos that women are putting out where they're like running towards a glass of wine or something, but just to get their running in. But it's true. I'm not a runner. You know, I have asthma. I'm just not a runner. It's hard for me. It's hard for my lungs. So when I think of things like exercises and post-traumatic growth, and you're going to grow through this, I'm like, oh, okay, what is this? What does it mean? Is it going to be intense? It's going to be hard. And the answer is yes, it's going to be intense. It's going to be hard. And there are different ways to obtain post-traumatic growth, right? So The number one thing out there, if you Google it, is going to be CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. That's when you go find a therapist. This is what most therapists are trained in. The vast majority of them understand and know CBT therapy, okay? Now, I have dated a lot of therapists, and I have broken up with a lot of therapists. So I want to encourage you to, if you pursue this, if you pursue CBT therapy, which I highly encourage you to do, and you walk into a therapist's office and it doesn't feel right, it's okay. You can fire them because you're paying them. And if they don't get you, they're not going to help you. And it's of no fault of theirs. Sometimes we just don't vibe with other people. You know, we all have different Enneagram numbers. Maybe their number just doesn't vibe with your number. It's okay. Fire them. Walk on, go to the next one. That's that self-will and self-perseverance I'm talking about. You got to have it within you to just keep going. The next one is tapping. Tapping, someone introduced tapping to me and it was a little too, it was a little too 
philosophical and abstract for me. So it didn't, it didn't work for me, but I have met some moms that it, that that's what worked for them. That was the magic potion was the tapping. It helped calm their anxiety. It helped get them back into their body. And you, you need someone to walk you through that. Uh, somatic yoga, somatic massage, being able to manipulate the body to release the trauma that's being held in the body. So what does that mean? Have you ever heard that before? That your body will hold the trauma? Even if you move on and you think, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Your body will remind you at some point in your life that you still have some stuff to deal with. I'm going to give you the name of a book. It's been around for a long time. It's called The Body Keeps the Score, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. And it's written by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. It is, it is, inc- it is so good, y'all. It's a little medical jargony sometimes. Like it gets real thick with the medical jargon because he did, like, he did some deep dive in trauma starting with our veterans and why the heck our veterans were coming back from war, killing themselves. You know, what was going on? Why were they becoming alcoholics all of a sudden? Why were they doing all these things? So he did MRI scans of these brains. Like he, he took a deep dive and he talks about how our body will hold trauma and we have to find a way to release it. He highly recommends massage therapy. Uh, he also recommended improvisation, like enjoy, like joining a theater group. Hello. He was speaking my love language when he did that. And it's true. I mean, it is true. You do art therapy. Art therapy is incredible. But that that yoga and the massage to manipulate the body to help release some of that trauma is is really important. I do both of those. And I don't, I'm not an athlete, y'all. That's not, that's not me but I'm able to do those things. Meditation, I think meditation is really important. It is really hard for me. It's very, it's just so abstract. It's so like Picasso. I, I don't get, I'm a realist. I'm a naturalist. I want like real concrete stuff happening in my life. Even on stage, like I could never wrap my head around writers like Brecht. Like I couldn't, I was like, why though? Like, why is it so weird? You know, like I just want the real world. And meditation for me kind of pulls me out of that real world into the spiritual realm, which is a little scary for me sometimes, but it is essential. It is essential to unplug, get away from your phone, get away from social media, get away from the distractions in life and just take 10 minutes and meditate. And there are a ton of meditative um, apps out there and there are a ton of meditative YouTube channels and and they will lead you through the meditation. So if you've never done it before and it sounds a little, you know, voodoo magic to you too, just try it. Just try it because you never know. You never stop. It's that self-will. Spirituality. Spirituality can really heal you. It can really heal you. I've talked to several moms of several different religious backgrounds, 
And it doesn't, I'm not here to judge anyone's religious background. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to love you where you are. I want to love you where you are in your spiritual journey. But having a spiritual entity to rely on, to pray to, to to experience is very healing. And the last one I want to talk about is EMDR. Now, EMDR, EMDR is one that has worked for me. And y'all, I've been in therapy. I feel like I've been in therapy since I was 20 years old. Not every day or every week. It would ebb and flow through seasons, but I've just, I've been in therapy since I was uh, 20 years old, trying to figure out what the heck is happening. So what is EMDR? Well, EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Okay, it's a method used for post-traumatic stress disorder. And it has been a very successful method used. I was introduced to this probably about a year after Hurricane Harvey hit. Okay, so that was like 2018. I thought it was the stupidest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, really? Really? You're going to like make my eyes move back? Are you hypnotizing me? Like what? What is happening? And I'm like, no, it's, it's, we're putting you in a like fake rim cycle, basically. Like, I don't, I don't get it. And I don't want to do it. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And in 2021, I finally just dipped my toe in EMDR. I like dipped my toe. I said, okay, I will do EMDR, but we're going to do something like, like an insignificant memory, right? So what they do is you, you think of a memory and you put that snapshot of that memory in your head. And then how I did it is I had these two tools, one in each hand, and they vibrated and they alternated with vibrations. And you close your eyes. And what happens is your eye movement will automatically follow the vibration in your hands, right? Like you do when you're sleeping. And you take that picture and it's like rewiring the memory. Because what we do in a traumatic event, my understanding of it is that our brain immediately protects us. Our soul and our spirit immediately protects us. Even if that means taking that memory and distorting it in the moment. Like I'm going to distort the memory in the moment to protect. And it's really cool when you think of it like that. It really sucks when you have to heal from it, but it's really cool when you think about that. My body and my brain and my spirit are working together. They're working together and they're going to protect me. So I know if something else happens in the future that's really hard, my systems are going to kick in and they're going to protect me. I'm, a, I'm going to be okay. But what EMDR does is it kind of rewires that memory so you see the truth in it, not what you've told yourself is the truth in it. And it, it is voodoo magic, y'all. Like, <laughs> it is voodoo magic. I have this beautiful story with EMDR that I've written in my book. And I can't wait to share that with you to just show you step by step how I was able to move on from and heal this really old, 
old trauma that was kind of stuck in me. It was just really kind of just stuck there. And I talk a little bit about this with my next guest, who is just this calm spirit. When I'm around her, I just feel so calm and I feel like safe. But she also is a spirit that means business, right? Like she means business and you know she means business, but she's calm and she's safe and she's beautiful. And her name is Niambi. And I met Niambi a couple of years ago. Actually, I met her through her daughter because I was teaching a theater class and I met her daughter and, um, and I felt like her daughter just, there was just something there. There was just something that needed a little bit more of my attention. So I reached out to her and I learned what was going on in their life. And you want to talk about a mom's day moment. Oh my goodness. It's a mom's day moment for this family. And she walks us through that. But Niambi is an interesting character because she has taken authority over her grief. Man, talk about self-will and self-preservation. She she could be, man, she has every right to be in bed every day. And she says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take authority over this. And she, you know, she reached out. She did the steps. She did what she needed to do. She did the CBT therapy. She did the um, meditation. She talks about the spirituality part of it and how she needed to get through it because she had other children, but also herself. You know, she needed to do that for herself. And she talks about how the body will let you know (laughs) The body will let you know, guys, when certain dates are coming up, you know, when um, an event has happened. I used to hate Thanksgiving. I still have a hard time around the Thanksgiving time because I lost my grandma at Thanksgiving. And my grandma was my, my kindred spirit until my banana was born, my number three was born. And when I lost her, It was very, very hard for me. I was only 21. I was only 21 when I lost grandma, which is way too young to lose a grandma, in my opinion, because I still needed her, and I would have loved for her to meet my children. She would have loved my children. Oh, my gosh. And I miss her. And every Thanksgiving, I have to remind myself, towards the end of October, when Halloween is over, I have to remind myself, okay, Carrie, your body is going to remember this time, and you're going to be agitated. You're going to get irritable, maybe feel a little sad. And when you start to think, why am I feeling like this? Remember, it's because your body is telling you this is the time that you lost grandma and it was a really sad time for you. And then I'm like, okay, you're right. This is a sad time for me. And it's okay to sit in the sadness. It's okay to remember her and to grieve her. It's just not okay to sit in it. It's not okay to stay in it. And I love how Niambi talks about, man, your body's going to let you know. And there's a lot of beauty in the ashes moments in her story too, because her mom's day moment happened right at the beginning of the pandemic. Y'all, can you imagine? Like every, you remember? I want you to go back and remember, everything is shut down. Everything from March to the rest of that year, mostly, was just shut down. Schools were shut down. Hospitals were, like, everything was shut down. 
And it was a really difficult time worldwide. Like it was a worldwide (laughs) difficult time. And then you throw a mom's day moment in there. Oof, that's difficult. And she makes a bold statement that she is trauma-free. That is a bold statement. And she can say that because she has taken authority over it. I think it's, it's a beautiful story. It's an inspirational story. It's an encouraging story. It is a sad story. So take care of yourself because it is a sad story. But it is also incredibly encouraging. Naomi has been asked to be a part of an anthology book. This is by a visionary author named uh, Rolanda McClinton. She's also a coach. And she has this uh, a combination of female Black voices. And they come together and they tell their stories in a book called Covered by Scars, A Diamond Revealed. And Naomi's chapter is called Crawling Out of the Muddy Pit. So I want you to just visualize crawling out of a muddy pit. You're you're just clawing your way out of this muddy pit to get to the top, to get to the sunshine, to get to the fresh air so that you can get out and you can breathe and the exertion it takes your body to get out of this. Man, that is a powerful vision. That is a powerful vision, right? Covered by scars, a diamond revealed. And a picture of all the women are on this book. You can find it on Amazon. And I look at these women and I think, wow, how brave, how beautiful they are. It is a two-time bestseller in paperback and Kindle. It is an international bestseller on Amazon. And it is a bestseller in 10 different categories. It was also featured in Kish Magazine, K-I-S-H. And Niambi is just rocking and rolling in life. And I was so honored to have her and to um, have her in the studio. We got to meet in person and have her tell her story. And I learned so much from her. And I know you're going to learn a lot from her too. So here's my encouragement for you. Until next time, if you need to go into a bunker to escape the world, that's okay. But don't live in the bunker. You're not going to heal staying in the bunker. You have to crawl out of the muddy pit. <laughs> 